So as we've been doing for this whole sermon series, we're going to start with uh, another video. So here we go. Reactions to the video? Confused? Maybe you're sitting there thinking, man, compared to the last two, this one was really lame. <laughs> Maybe you're wondering that last scene where it said the ghost. How can we call him the Holy Spirit and not the Holy Ghost anymore? Because a few years ago, you know, we called him the Holy Ghost. Uh, that's actually just an English uh, evolution, if you want to call that. Uh, because ghost and spirit used to mean the same thing in the English language, and now we associate ghosts with uh, a, a white sheet and people saying boo, and that's not what the Holy Spirit does, so we kind of back away from that and say spirit. The Greek word's still the same. It's still panoima, which means ghost, spirit, wind, um, and so we call them the Holy Spirit. But I think the reason that the creators didn't go out asking people on the street why, uh, who you think the Holy Spirit is, uh, I think the reason they didn't do that is because no one's really even heard of the Holy Spirit. Even within Christian circles, e- even within our Christian churches, there's confusion as to what the Holy Spirit actually does and who He is. All we know is that He's the third person of the Godhead, but we're not exactly sure who He is or what He does. And so that's what we're going to look at today um, because there is extreme comfort in what the Holy Spirit is and what He does. Uh, and to do so, we're going to look at God's Word. Uh, we've, we've talked about the last two weeks, but do you remember uh, the two characteristics of the Bible that are so important for this series? Number one, God's Word is uh, inspired. God breathed. God directed it, guided it, and in some places actually dictated to Uh, the apostles and the writers, what to write. The other characteristic is that it's inerrant, meaning there are no errors contained in the Bible. It is the only holy thing that we have. Uh, It's God's Word. And that's important as we study, especially today, because there's going to be some things where uh, we don't necessarily, we can't comprehend it, but we believe it because God's Word says it. And so it's in God's Word where Jesus talks to His disciples the night before He dies in John chapter 15. And here's what He says about the Holy Spirit. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, He will testify about Me. And so Jesus says, look, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. The Father is going to send Him to you. He's a Spirit of truth. And what's He going to do? Testify about me. That is the whole work of the Holy Spirit, to testify about Jesus. If you've ever been to a play or to a skit, uh, you know what it looks like when the, the stage is completely dark and then there's only one actor or actress that a spotlight is shining on, right? Well, as that spotlight is shining, you're not looking up to the spotlight, right? 
You're looking at what is being spotlighted, illuminated. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not in the spotlight. He is the spotlight, spotlighting Jesus and what He's done. And so the Holy Spirit spotlights Jesus to both unbelievers and believers alike. And we're going to see uh, why it's so important that He does. And the first one, if you're following along in your worship folder, the first point is that the Holy Spirit has made me who I am spiritually. The Holy Spirit has made me who I am spiritually. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the Spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Notice what Paul says. You were dead in your transgressions and sins. He's talking to living people, living, breathing people. And at one point, you used to be alive but dead, Paul says. Spiritually speaking, we are born into this world dead. Physically, we're alive, we're breathing, we're thinking, but spiritually, we're dead. We are born into this world with sin and without faith. And so, sin plus no faith equals eternal separation from God. And here's the worst part Paul says we're dead. There's nothing we can do to change our status. We are dead. We can't make ourselves alive. I have a friend who's uh, a funeral director. He he directs all funerals and for families. And and part of his job is to prepare the bodies uh, for the visitation so that people can come and pay their final respects. Uh, And if he wants that body to move, can he just yell across the room, Hey, move. No. Because the body has no will, the, the body has no power. It's a corpse. And Paul says, this is who you are spiritually by nature. When you are born into the world, you are born a spiritual corpse. And now maybe you're saying, well, wait a second. Uh, I'm a logical thinking person. Uh, I can think this through. And I can choose whether or not I want to believe in Jesus. But here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Uh, The it, the understood it, is uh, God's way of saving the world, the message of Jesus. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him, these are the things God has revealed to us By His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. What Paul is saying here is, no eye has seen God's plan of salvation. No ear has heard it and understood it. No mind has conceived it. No mind has thought this up. The only way we understand it and comprehend it is when God has revealed it to us. And he says it even uh, a little more harshly, In verse 14, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness 
and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is not living in us, if He is not working on our hearts, what do we consider the message of Jesus? Foolishness. Foolishness. And it doesn't matter how much we think it through, it doesn't matter how much logic we, we use, uh, we can't believe on our own. And it's what we confessed just uh, a few minutes ago, right? With the third article of the Apostles' Creed. If you flip back there, uh, right after what does this mean? I believe that I cannot, by my own thinking or choosing, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to Him. I can't even take that first step. How about an illustration? Last week, I don't know if you remember, at the end of Bible study, uh, we started talking about Star Wars. And uh, that really stuck in my head as I was preparing for this sermon. Uh, Do you remember what happened to Han Solo at the end of the second one, The Empire Strikes Back? Frozen in carbonite. Yeah, frozen in carbonite. Exactly. He gets frozen like this. And he gets like a frozen statue. Uh, And we're told that he was frozen like that for a whole year until... Return of the Jedi starts and Princess Leia comes in and makes a heroic save uh, as she comes and pushes all these buttons and then he starts to melt, comes back to life, right? Could he have unfrozen himself? No. He needed outside help, right? He needed somebody to unfreeze him and bring him back to life. That is like us spiritually. We are spiritually a statue and we can't come to life on our own unless if outside, someone on the outside works on us. And let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. But, because of His great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ Jesus even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. So when we are born into this world, we're like that Han Solo statue, right? Just frozen spiritually. Cannot move. We need outside help. Outside force to work on us. And look what God says. God makes us alive with Christ. And that all started at your baptism. When the water connected with the Word washed over your head, God came in and He changed your status. He melted, if you want to say, that sinfulness right off of you. And He changed you from a a statue, spiritually, to a living, breathing child of God, whose sins are completely washed away. Past, present, future. Even the sins you haven't committed yet are completely forgiven. Why? It's because He's changed your status, right? You are no longer this frozen statue, spiritually. You are a living, breathing child of God, whose God... And who God has said, you are mine and you are forgiven. But also in your baptism, we're told you receive the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do? He works through the Word to open our eyes, open our ears, and open our mind to trust in Jesus as our Savior. He takes this message which uh, Paul said, without the Spirit it's foolishness, And He clears it up. He clears all the blurriness so we believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again. Not just for the world, but for me. 
It's the Holy Spirit who leads us to trust that it's all of my sins that Jesus paid for. He paid for each and every one. He lived the perfect life for me so that my track record before God is not a sinner, but perfect. That's what the Holy Spirit leads me to believe. And how does He do it? Through God's Word. Why is this so comforting? It's because it takes you and me out of the equation, right? Our faith is not up to us. Our faith is all about God's grace, His undeserved love. It's the Holy Spirit who's working faith in our heart. The only thing we can do is open up the Bible and read it to let Him work because that's how He's chosen to work, through God's Word. And this is extremely important, especially in uh, the part of the country in which we live. What do you hear all the time here? I accepted Jesus on this day. I dedicated my life to Jesus on this day. But look at what 1 Corinthians 12 says. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. By the time someone stands up and says, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has already worked on their heart. Because no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. No one can choose to believe in Jesus. When, when, I, when I stand up and say, I choose to believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit has already worked on my heart. The only thing I'm doing when I stand up and say those things is taking glory and credit away from my God and putting it on myself. Instead of focusing on God and what He's done for me, I focus on what I'm doing. I'm accepting God. No! The Spirit's already worked on my heart. Your salvation from start to finish is 100% God, 0% me, and 0% you. God the Father created the world and He sent His only Son. God the Son came, He lived perfectly, humbled Himself, and died on the cross for all of your sins. And the Holy Spirit works faith in your heart. It is 100% God. 0% you. And again, why is that comforting? We're out of the equation. What would we do if it was up to us? We'd screw it up, right? But you aren't in your own hands. Your faith isn't in your hands. Your, Your faith is in the hands of your loving and powerful God who has loved you enough to not only save you, but to work faith in your heart. And that's what He does for all people across the world. And now let's look at point number two. The Holy Spirit has taught me all I need to know. Not only does He spotlight Jesus to work faith in our hearts, but He spotlights Jesus and teaches us everything we need to know. On the night before Jesus died, Jesus also tells His disciples this in John chapter 14. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So the Holy Spirit's not only going to teach us, but remind us of all things that Jesus said. Have you ever had a conversation with somebody and uh, as you're talking, 
all of a sudden you pull out a Bible verse or something, paraphrase a part of Scripture, and after you say it, you're kind of like, huh, where'd that come from? I didn't know I remembered that. That's the Holy Spirit working on you, reminding you. And so let's go ahead and look at four things that the Holy Spirit reminds us of on a daily basis. Number one, we are forgiven. Ephesians 1, in Him, that is Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Have you ever sinned? And as soon as you sin, Satan is right there making you feel guilty. And you have all these guilty thoughts. Uh, How can God forgive me? How can He forgive me again? I just asked for forgiveness about this yesterday. Uh, Satan says, you're not worthy of God's forgiveness. The Holy Spirit comes and reminds you, you have forgiveness. Not because you're worthy, not because you've done anything, but purely because of God's grace. You have forgiveness. And the Holy Spirit comes to you and says, stop believing Satan's lie. Satan is trying to get you to believe his lie, but look at God's truth. You have forgiveness. Even the sins you can't forgive yourself of, God has forgiven completely. All of your sins forgiven. And that's what the Holy Spirit reminds us of. He also reminds us that we have peace. John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. As I was preparing for this sermon, some of the headlines in the newspaper and on the I shouldn't say newspaper because I don't get the newspaper. <laughs> but on the news, on the internet, were uh, a woman burned Bibles in Pennsylvania. ISIS beheaded 11 at a checkpoint. Hurricane Harvey, obviously. And North Korea fi- fires a missile into the Sea of Japan. As you look at the news, it's easy for your hearts to be stirred up just like Hurricane Harvey is stirring up all the waters in all of Houston right now. And yet, what does the Holy Spirit remind you of? I have peace in Jesus. My heart's at peace because I know that my relationship with God is at peace because Jesus died for me and rose again. I'm at peace knowing that this life isn't all that there is, but I have a life to come. I'm at peace. And the Holy Spirit reminds us of this. He also reminds us that we have hope. Paul says in Titus 2, While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. The Greek word for hope is alpis. And it, it's not like we use hope today. Hope we, the way we use hope is, boy, I really hope it happens, but I, I can't really be sure. When the Bible uses the word hope, It means a sure fact. It's an eager expectation. We're eagerly waiting something. And what are we eagerly waiting for? The appearing of the glory of our great God. That's our hope. When Jesus comes back, transforms these bodies into bodies that are glorious, just like His. Perfect. 
without flaw. And the last one that he reminds us of on a daily basis is that we have joy. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Earlier this year, I paid off my student loan. It was awesome. I paid it off. And uh, I remember being so excited that when I pushed that button to send the last funds, uh, I would never have to make another payment again. I was debt-free. Joyous occasion. I'm sure some of you have paid off debts as well, whether they be student loans, a car payment, uh, whether it be a house payment, whatever payment it might be. And you remember the joy that you had. We are born into this world sinners. And we have a very big debt to God. So big that we could never pay it back. And what happened on Christmas night? A Savior came into the world. A Savior who, was going, who paid all of your debt to God. Debt free. Before God. And that is what causes our great joy. The Holy Spirit teaches us all things and reminds us of these things. Because if it was up to us, we would forget. We would. But the Holy Spirit continues to remind us. And finally, we're going to close with this this morning. The Holy Spirit has led me to hate sin and do good. Here's what Paul says in Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. When I read that first part, what did you think? Did you think, hey, this is describing me? Or, Or were you saying, wow, that's not me at all? I'd probably fall on more the second end. Wow, this doesn't really describe me at all. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And yet the Holy Spirit is the one who continues to work on our hearts, continues to to lead us to love those things and to do those things and to hate evil. Have you ever heard somebody say, uh, I just can't stop sinning? I just can't stop drinking or or doing drugs. I just can't stop uh, using bad language. I can't stop making fun of other people. I can't stop looking at porn. I can't stop gossiping. Do you know what I say to those people? I ask them, how big is your God? Because God the Holy Spirit is living in us. And He is the all-powerful God who leads me to do good and to hate evil. To hate evil. Now, we're going to be a work in progress, right? We're we're never going to be perfect here on earth because we're sinners. We won't be perfect until Jesus takes us to heaven. But the Holy Spirit will continue to work on our hearts, continue to work on us to, to love what's good and hate what is evil. And He can change our hearts and change our actions and attitudes. The Holy Spirit is such a comforting thing. He is such a comforting aspect of God, person of God, because He is the one who who points our eyes to Jesus, works faith in our hearts, 
teaches us and reminds us of all things and leads us to do good and to hate evil. And so may the Holy Spirit work on your heart this week. Give Him the opportunity as we open God's Word, read it. As we come to Bible study and as we come to worship, uh, let the Holy Spirit work and He will work on your heart. Let's pray. Dear Holy Spirit, we thank You for filling us and for working faith in our hearts. We thank You for pointing our eyes to our Savior who has taken away each and every one of our sins. We ask You to continue to be with us, strengthen our faith both now and forevermore. Amen.